Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sailing and Cruising, the East Coast of the United States podcast. Your host for today's podcast are Bala Musitz and Mike Wasserman. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hi, Bela. I'm great. How are you? What's new in your world? Uh, well, I've been sick. So, as you recall, we were supposed to record uh, last Friday, uh, almost a week ago. And uh, in spite of having two COVID shots, a booster shot, and a flu shot, uh, I got sick. And I had some kind of flu-like symptoms, and it kind of knocked me out for a few days. And today's really the first day that I feel... Uh, feel reasonably well. Bummer. Yeah. So I don't know what it was. It wasn't COVID. I had a, I had a negative COVID test. So, you know, I, I know it's not COVID, but still, um, last year I didn't get sick at all, you know, because we were so careful in washing our hands and wearing face masks everywhere and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's all sort of relaxed a little bit now, it seems. And, uh, lo and behold, wham, I got whacked with something. Agreed. Uh, I got a cold too for the first time in a, in a year. It was a couple months ago, and I was I'm not you know I I'm I have a doctorate, but I'm not that kind of doctor. But um, yeah, I just wondered too if you know the immune system not having been in contact with lots of germs was a little bit depressed as well. Because yeah, I was a notorious worse than normal uh, or worse than pre-COVID cold. But well, I hope you get better soon. And you know, in here in Germany, they say get into a a warm bath and take two beers with you and put the beers in the warm water and drink the, the two warm beers. And that'll, that'll cure you. I've never tried this, but this is what people say. <laughs> uh, I've heard the warm bath before. I can remember my mom doing that to me when I was a kid. Um, but I, yeah, try, I but try with never, two bottles of beer. Yeah, boy, if I had two bottles of beer in a warm bath, I, you would find me in the morning. I think so. I think you'll <laughs> sleep like a baby. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah, so that's uh, nothing. Nothing else much going on. Uh, you know, it's fall time here, and uh, the weather's nice. You get we get these uh, nice, beautiful days when it's sixty or seventy degrees out, and it's gorgeous. And then we get other days when it's forty-five and kind of rainy. Yeah, same here. It's cloudy and rainy here as well, and yeah, it's getting dark early and uh, definitely uh, cooling down at night and you feel feel it's coming winter's coming so yeah well you know speaking of cool at nights the the last time we were on the boat um we actually had to turn the heat on so uh if you remember uh the boat has air conditioning and i had to replace one of the units because something the surveyor missed uh but these are uh, dual purpose units so it's actually a heat pump so it can be an air conditioner or it can be heat and uh, the last time uh, i was on the boat uh, Elaine and I, and one of the mornings we woke up and man, it was like 45 degrees out or 40 degrees or something like that. It was chill. It was Ooh. low forties and, uh, it cooled down in the boat. It was like 52 or so. And, Ooh. uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I kicked on the, okay, let's try the heat. So we kicked it on and lo and behold, in, in 15 minutes, it warmed the boat up nice and toasty and, uh, it was quite nice in there. So it was good. Excellent. Good test if you really need it, right? If you do an Arctic yeah. sail or an Antarctic <laughs> sail, you want to make sure that thing works. Yeah. Uh, I just want to so, make sure it works when it's 40. <laughs> yeah. So how was your last sail? 
Yeah, so the last sale was good. So actually, uh, the time we turned on the heat pump uh, or the heat was the the previous time uh, when Elaine and I were out. Uh, But uh, just before I got sick, uh, I went out with my son for a a long weekend, uh, Jason, my older son. And uh, he he was able to escape from uh, the kids uh, for a long weekend. And uh, we had a really, really nice sale. Uh, if you remember uh, back in episode 35, uh, I described the week we had uh, together with his family, his two daughters and his wife and uh, Elaine and I on the boat. And, and that was a great, uh, a great trip. And Jason said, gee, he'd like to come back for kind of a long weekend, just the two of us. Um, so uh, we did that. And uh, man, it was it was uh, really, really quite nice. And uh, so we drove down uh, Friday night after work. Jason still works. He's not retired like me. And uh, we got to the marina. I got around nine o'clock, I guess it was. And, uh, you know, we sort of settled in and uh, had breakfast in the morning. And uh, I think uh, dropped the dock lines around 9, 30, 10 o'clock or so and uh, motored out of the marina. Nice. Now, how was the weather? You know, I know, you know, I don't know much, but I know that autumn can be a bit tricky for sailing uh, this late in the season. Yeah, it uh, unlike the forecast, which said it was supposed to be a pretty sunny weekend. uh, I don't think we saw the sun at all. Uh, And it was cool. So I I will say I had on my long johns and uh, I had on a fleece uh, jacket. Uh, with my uh, rain gear jacket on top of it. And my, my rain jacket that I have on the boat is almost like a winter parka. So it's, it's not just a thin shell. It's, it's, a, it's a Heli Hansen. Uh, you know, you could, you could use it in the winter if you wanted to. And right. uh, a wool hat. So it was, it was cool and it was nice and breezy. Uh, and um, it was interesting in that the wind on Narragansett Bay is typically from the south and this wind was from the east, so it was a, an unusual wind. Uh, but the good news is, when the wind is from the east, since the bay runs north-south, for sailing, that is perfect. You can basically just go straight up and down the bay. and Because uh, when, when the wind's from the south, you're basically going into the wind, and you have to tack and go back and forth and back and forth. But with the wind from the east or the west, uh, man, it just makes it great. So... We, we ran straight down the bay, right from the marina. As soon as we got out of the marina, we hoisted the sails, and we went all the way down to Newport on one tack, uh, which I've never done that before. This was the first time that happened, and we had 10 to 15 knots of wind, and, uh, man, it was really, really nice. Cool. Now, tell me about the route. Uh, what, do you, what do you see on that run? Yeah, so uh, we go down out of the marina. We go past uh, Connecticut Point, uh, which is a big, long, shallow sandbar finger that sticks out that has an old lighthouse on the end of it. Uh, so that's kind of cool. You go by this old lighthouse, and, and uh, it still has a functioning flashing light on it. Uh, but as with most lighthouses, they're, they're not really used for navigation anymore. Uh, they don't have the typical beam that's flashing around all night long. Um, but it's a real, real neat looking lighthouse. And we sail past that. And then we go down past uh, uh, Prudence Island, uh, which sort of divides the, the bay into a uh, sort of uh, east passage and a west passage. So there's kind of two channels in the bay. One that goes, sort of goes down the east side of it and one that sort of goes down the west side of it. 
and Prudence Island sort of begins the separating those two. And uh, Prudence Island is uh, an island, as it says, that's only accessible by ferry. Uh, there's a whole bunch of summer homes on it. And I think if I remember reading correctly, there are some full-time residents uh, that live on the island. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, a f- not a regularly scheduled ferry. So I'm not quite sure how it works. I, I don't know if it's one of those things where the people who live on the island, if you need to go to shore, you grab one of your neighbors and they drive the boat and they drive you over to shore. I'm not quite sure how that works. Um, but it's a, it's a, a nice size island uh, and, uh, and some nice, really nice homes on it. So you sail down past that, and, uh, which, was, which was quite nice. And uh, then as you sort of uh, start going down uh, towards the further south you go, I will say the homes start getting more and more expensive. So as the closer you get to Newport and the closer you sort of get to the mouth of the bay, <coughs> the, the homes start getting a little larger and a little more expensive. And uh, go ahead. No, that, that makes sense, right? And And... I think location, 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 right? And um, and that's interesting that it holds for the shoreline properties as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it sure does. And then, then of course, uh, eventually uh, you, you start going past uh, Jamestown Island, uh, which is in, uh, south of Prudence Island. And, and, and that too divides the bay uh, to east and west passages. And eventually you go under the Newport Bridge. Uh, or it's, uh, it's actually the Pell Bridge, but it's, everyone calls it the Newport Bridge. And um, then you're really close. That's just north of uh, Newport. And that connects uh, sort of Newport mainland, if you will, uh, to Jamestown uh, Island. And uh, it's a large suspension bridge. So I always enjoy going underneath these big, large bridges. You know, being an engineer, I always look up at them and I'm just marveled at we can actually make something like that and it stands <laughs> and it, you know, it carries traffic and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was, that was really kind of cool. I always enjoy going under a big bridge and uh, the closer we got to Newport, you know, the busier it got, even though it was sort of a cloudy day. Uh, it was Saturday. It was Columbus day weekend. So it's, you know, sort of a pseudo holiday over here. And uh, there was a lot of boats out on the water and, uh, in Newport, they have several of the old 12-meter America's Cup boats. So these are not the fancy catamarans that the America's Cup people race these days and the foiling sailboats, but the old-fashioned long 12-meters, 12-meters long sailboats that they had that are just a classic-looking sailboat. And they have a few of those there that they take people out on. Uh, you know, you can go sail for a couple hours for a little joyride. And uh, we saw two of them. Uh, you know, they were taking passengers out for sailing and we sailed by them. So that's, that's always a, a nice sight to see. And then we sailed down past Newport and then you quickly get dumped out into Long Island Sound. Um, and, and that's open water, right? I mean, how did that go? Yeah, it is open water. And, uh, you know, once, once we got past, since the wind was from the east, as we're coming down that passage, the land is blocking all the wind. And then once you sort of go past Newport and past Castle Hill Lighthouse, all of a sudden the land is not blocking the wind anymore. And, and more importantly, the land's not blocking the waves either. And uh, it, it, was, uh, it was amazing how, you know, when, when 
I'm out on my boat on Narragansett Bay. I mean, it's a 45 foot boat. It's a good sized boat. The boat feels pretty big, you know, and I feel like, oh, yeah, this is a nice big sized boat. And, and we got out into Long Island Sound there and, you know, the waves got big. Uh, we probably had, you know, it's hard for me to judge waves and I'm, and I'm sure it's like, you know, when I tell, I tell people about the fish I catch, I always exaggerate how big they are. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure sailors do the same thing with waves, but let me just say the boat was going up and down pretty good. And all of a sudden that 45 foot boat felt kind of small. <laughs> I, I, I will Interesting. say, I will yeah. say that. Yeah. And, uh, so what we did is we sailed down past what's called beaver tail um, it's an island that's just south of Jamestown, and um, it's called Beaver Tail Island because it's shaped like a beaver tail, and it's got a lighthouse. Again, it's got a lighthouse out on the end of it, uh, and you know, there's all these lots and lots of lighthouses around the bay, as I said before, and so that basically go around the corner around Beaver Tail, and then we head up what's called the West Passage, which is basically the other side of those islands we came down. Uh, and we started heading uh, back up towards uh, up towards the marina, and then you go underneath the uh, what's called the Jamestown Verrazano Bridge, uh, and I gotta look up. You know what the story with Verrazano is, right? Because there's the Verrazano Bridge in New York City. New York City, yeah. Yeah, and this one oh. is called the Jamestown Verrazano Bridge. So I, I should know who Mr. Verrazano was. We should look that up. Uh, it must be someone famous because he's got more than one bridge named after him. So uh, Giovanni de Verrazzano was an Italian explorer of North America, and he worked for King Francis I of France. And he was he's known as the first European to explore the Atlantic coast of North America between Florida and New Brunswick in 1524, including he was the first, obviously, uh, non-native person um to claim that he discovered the you know new york bay and narragansett bay so that's why they named those bridges after him there you go i I looked that up i didn't know that off the top of my head yeah yeah well well, great so we go underneath the jamestown verrazano bridge we're going up the west passage now which is not sort of the main channel so it's not there's not most of the shipping goes up the east side so there's no big ships to worry about here but it's still sort of a, a real channel and we go past uh, Quanaset. I may not be saying that properly. And General Dynamics uh, has a big facility there. It's called General Dynamics Electric Boat. And um, Electric Boats basically is code name for submarines. Uh, so uh, they make uh, parts of and components for submarines there uh, in a big facility that you can see sort of from the water as you sail by it. Um, so that's, that's kind of neat to see, see that every once in a while you might see a submarine there, but it's pretty rare. Uh, and then, uh, back up, uh, come and continue coming North up, back up the other side of Prudence Island and, uh, Patience Island and, uh, up past the Connecticut, uh, Point Lighthouse. And, um, yeah, so it was a, a nice long trip. Sounds nice, Bela. Now, you know, one of the problems I think of sailing in the autumn is you lose daylight quickly, at least in my part of the world, and my memory of New York is the same. Um, and you know I'm still a little uncomfortable with the idea of sailing at night. I mean, you have no headlights, no high beams, there's not a lot of street lights. Talk me through this a little bit in terms of uh, when it got dark and what you do differently once it gets dark. 
Yeah, yeah, we did get back in the dark. That's a good point, Mike. You know, it's amazing how, you know, during July and August, it's light till 8.30, 9 o'clock is just getting dusk. And it was like 5 o'clock and it was getting dusk. And and we sort of knew we were going to maybe be coming back in the dark when we decided to go this far. And, uh, you know, it is, it's totally different out there. And, and, and the challenge with, the biggest challenge I have in the dark is that you, my brain confuses the intensity of the light with how far away it is, right? My brain thinks the, the dimmer the light, the further away it is and the brighter the light, the closer it is. And that's not necessarily true because mm-hmm. lights are different intensities. Um, so I always find that to be a challenge. So judging distances at night, um, is really, really challenging. And when you're particularly when you're surrounded by land, like we are, as we're starting to come back up, uh, into the Northern part of the Bay, the land starts getting close on either side. You know, you see cars, you see street lights, you see tail lights from cars. Um, and the buoys are red and green. And street lights are red and green, <laughs> and car tail lights are red, uh, you know, and boat lights are red, green, and white. Uh, car headlights are white. So it, it can get very, very confusing. Um, and uh, so that, that is always interesting. I'm always very cautious. Um, we, I, what, the area was familiar, so it's a place that I'd sailed all summer, so I sort of have an idea for where stuff should be. You know, I have a mental map of it. Of course, I have my GPS in front of me uh, that shows me where everything is. And it's interesting that uh, the marina, uh, which is in Bullock Cove, uh, has a pretty narrow entrance into it because it's pretty shallow. Uh, but they dredged out a narrow entrance. And uh, so there's buoys that mark the entrance all along the way. But the only buoy that's lit is the very first green marker. So... You can find that one, but after that, you you sort of have to be able to, again, you have the GPS, so that's that helps you, but you have to be able to see, and, and you know, it wasn't a, one of those pitch black dark nights where you can't see anything, and the buoys are pretty close together, so you can you can kind of track one, one to the other, but yeah, we got back fine. Uh, I think it was about close to eight o'clock by the time we got the boat tied up. And, uh, it was, uh, it was about a 40 mile trip for the day, which was, I think one of our longer, if not the longest trip, uh, for the season, one day trip in the season. Yeah. Wow. That sounds awesome, Bela. Um, so what's next? Uh, do you have more sailing planned or is that it for the season? Yeah. Uh, sadly that's it for the season. Uh, going down, um, actually, uh, tomorrow, uh, to, to start the winterizing process, uh, for the boat. And, uh, so, you know, that's always a sad day. Uh, there's kind of a two-step process. There's certain things I do to the boat while it's still in the water. And then once it's hauled out of the water, then I'll go back down for another day, uh, to do some other things on a boat. So it's sort of a two-step process the way that I do it. I'm sure there's many, many different ways of winterizing a boat and, uh, people do it all different ways, but, I tend to winterize the water system and the engine and the generator uh, while it's in the water. And then when it comes out of the water, uh, that's when I uh, put the cover on it and take the sails off and and do some of those other types of things. So, yeah. So that's what's next. 
Sounds like a whole nother episode worth of adventure, huh? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, we did an episode on winterizing it uh, last time, so we'll, we'll see how it goes this time, and, and maybe we'll do an update to that episode and uh, just yeah. sort of things that I've learned. The first time I did it, there are a few different things I'm going to do differently this time, uh, particularly on sort of trying to winterize the water system. That's that's kind of the trickiest part because it's, uh, you know, there's three sinks, there's two toilets, <laughs> so there's two shower heads. Uh, there's a outside shower. So there's a lot of water hoses running around and you got to sort of fill them all up. And there's a water tank, a water heater tank, I should say, and three water tanks that store water. So you got to empty all those tanks. You got to get all the stuff out of the lines and you got to fill everything up with sort of, you know, non-toxic antifreeze. So, um, there's gotta be a simpler way to do it than I'm doing it, but it's, uh, I'll get there some, someday. Yeah, it's a process, isn't it? So any insights as you wrap up? This was your first full season with Paradox. Any Anything strike you as uh, worth talking about in our last few minutes? Uh, that's a good question. You know, it was just a great season. It, it really met my expectations. I had great times on the boat with the family, which was sort of one of the big reasons for getting it. Uh, you know, week-long vacation with Jason and his kids and his wife, and then with Andy, who lives real close by, they came out at a bunch of times for day trips. Uh, and you know, the boat's just working great for our intended use. So it's kind of the way we use the boat. Uh, it's spacious, it's comfortable, it's big. Um, it, uh, it really, really works well for us. And you know, that's the whole thing about buying a boat. You know, people anguish about buying boats. And I, and I think sometimes people get wrapped up in sort of thinking they're going to sail around the world or going to sail across oceans. And, you know, those, those types of boats are very different than kind of the, the day sailor, the coastal cruiser boat that I have. The kind of the design parameters are different. It's just like cars, right? There's different cars for different intended purposes. And uh, so I think you have to be really honest with yourself and say, you know, how am I re- going to realistically use my boat 90% of the time? And, and you want to, you know, pick out a boat that's sort of targeted at that set of design parameters. Uh, which I think is working very well for us with with our Hunter, forty five foot Dexalon. Uh, it's just uh, it's been working out really good, and so really looking forward to next season. I'm already starting to think about it and thinking about trips and where we can go and and looking forward to it. Nice. Maybe we could put together kind of a list of goals that you have going into season two, and then at the end of the season, right, we can kind of see see what happened. And I mean, maybe even we could go back to our first episode. Um, when you, we kind of talked about you buying the boat and the decisions you made, I mean, it's a big investment, right? And to look back and say, yeah, I've really, um, I've really, uh, felt like I've gotten, uh, a good return on my investment. Um, I think that's really cool. So I think that's fun to maybe take, we can take a look back and, uh, and then take a look forward at the same time, um, would be kind of cool, but yeah, I think let's wrap it up. Bela. This was a neat last trip of the 2021 sailing season uh had some great winds that were rare and uh saw some beautiful sights and uh bundled up and uh feeling the weather change so this was great listeners thanks for joining us for another episode uh we hope you found our conversation interesting and thought-provoking if you have questions about what we've discussed today as, as always please feel free to get in touch with us our email is sailing the east that's all one word at gmail.com So if you enjoyed the podcast, hit that follow button on your favorite podcasting application. Hey, and if you know someone that would make a good guest on the show, you know, I'm always interested in uh, interviewing some interesting people who are in the sailing, boating, and marine industry. So if you know someone 
send them our way. And I'd love to have them as a guest on the show. Uh, and uh, hope to see you out on the water next summer. Uh, I'll be <laughs> winterizing the boat for the next uh, couple of trips. And so until next time, signing off from starting to get very chilly upstate New York. See you soon, Mike. Sounds great, Bayland, from over here in a kind of a cool and rainy Munster, Germany. See you next time.